Welcome to Episode 18 of the Insurance Agency Trendsetters Podcast. Welcome to the Insurance Agency Trendsetters Podcast, where we explore how insurance agents can leverage technology to create better relationships with our prospects, customers, and agency team members. We believe tech should help us serve customers better and more efficiently, not replace the human-to-human interaction that's made the independent insurance agent a trusted advisor to clients. You'll hear from industry experts and agents who are on the leading edge of marketing, tech, and providing world-class customer experiences. It's time to level up the industry, and you're the trendsetters who can. Okay, we'd like to welcome everybody here today for another episode of Insurance Agency Trendsetters. And today we have with us Jeff Arnold. Jeff is originally from a small town in western Kentucky. His family was a combination of preachers, farmers, and career military with a sprinkling of some new thing called entrepreneurs. And Jeff served in the United States Army, and upon his return to civilian life, he pursued drama and acting. And in order to help pay the bills, he responded to an ad for an insurance salesman in Tucson, Arizona. With that missionary zeal of a preacher and the military discipline, he began to tell everybody about insurance. And today, Jeff is the CEO of RightSure. He's also a number one best-selling Amazon author, the father of four children, and married to Laura Lee Arnold. And yes, Jeff does state he overmarried. Jeff, welcome to to the podcast today. It's a pleasure to have you with us. Thank you so very much, George. I'm I'm super excited to be here, and uh, that's quite the impressive uh, intro. If uh, if I was half that man, that would be awesome. So <laughs> that's that's wonderful. Thank you. I, ever since I learned that uh, you and Charlotte had teamed up on this, I could not wait to be a part of it. So thank you for having me on. Yeah, it's it's great to have you, and Jeff. We're we're going to talk a little bit today about about InsureTech and. You know, there's a lot of conversation today about InsureTech and how it's going to change our industry. Uh, how do you see agents being impacted by the new InsureTech companies? And is, is, this, is this something we should fear? Give me your thoughts on that. Yeah, I, I love this subject, right? Uh, I actually have a kind of a contrarian view on it as well. Uh, but let, let me start by saying I, I do not think that we should be afraid, right? We should embrace this welcome this. This is good for us. It's good for you. It's good for me. It's good for the industry. Um, That being said, I also argue that um, we have all been uh, in in InsureTech for all of our lives. We just never had the really cool, sexy sounding name to go along with it, right? So (laughs) let me me give you... That's true. Yeah. I'll just back up a couple decades at a time, right? Just kind of unpack this for a second. So if you remember in the, um, we'll just start with the early 90s. Uh, You could actually fax an app, right? That in its equivalent in in today's time was InsureTech and embracing InsureTech. And then in the mid 90s, if you hooked up your large uh, mobile phone to your laptop, you could fax from that. That also was InsureTech, right? And then uh, along came email, and then online web forms. And so throughout our entire history, well, the last three or four decades, right? We've all been part of InsureTech. We just didn't have the sexy name with it because technology has been disrupting the insurance space for a very, very long time. So that's that's my short story on, on that. And I, I welcome 
uh, all these disruptors, as they like to call themselves in the insure tech space, um, because a, a couple quick points. One, um, every one of these insure techs that come in and use the, the buzzword disruptor really are only doing one thing in my humble opinion anyway. They're adding speed to the process, right? A faster rate of quote, a faster way to underwrite, faster way to get the consumer insured. Um, it's needed because our wonderful insurance partners, we'll call them the legacy partners, the large billion dollar plus companies that that have fed my family for 30 years, um, but by having the access to them, they're wonderful, but they are legacy, right? They don't move as right. fast. They're not as nimble, not a not a, a knock against them, but that's what the insured techs bring. And so I think it's good for all of us because speed gets introduced into the entire process. So, but I, I could talk for another hour on this, but I'll stop there. We should not yeah, be afraid. And, and I think Jeff, to, to that point too, you know, I think, you know, some, some of these companies that we represent have been slow to make changes uh, and their own older technology. But now with the insure techs, a lot of these companies are embracing those insure techs and they're bringing them on board to add better customer service, better customer experience, uh, which I find fascinating to see that they're finally reaching out and doing some of this today. And hopefully it'll make them a little more nimble and quick to turn and, and get things done. Yeah, couldn't agree more. So what do you, what do you think these insured techs do well? And, and do you think traditional agencies can integrate some of these benefits uh, of these new distribution channels? I think so, yes. And so what they do well, uh, we said speed earlier. Uh, I'll just do a fancier word. Time compression, right? They just right. compress the time it took. It used to take to do a quote uh, and compress that down you know from four to five to ten minutes all the way down to 60 to 90 seconds so that's what they do very very well uh we could do another whole podcast on what they don't do well which is a lot of back-end fulfillment for the most of them they're just not as robust there but they do the front end um onboarding of clients and quoting very very well and what agencies can do to, to integrate some of that um, and I'm speaking here from a carrier uh, insured tech standpoint, is adopt those, right? Um, just add it to your website or get integrated with them from a, the front end of how you conduct business or face to your customers. Let them know that you have these products because a certain subset of your clientele want to do it themselves and they only want to call you when they get stuck. They want to self-service. You could discriminate a little bit by age and say, well, under 35 really wants to start online and then they'll call an agent maybe if they want. 35 to 50 probably might start online, but they definitely want to talk to a person. And over 50 is going to pick up the phone or walk in. Um, that's a bit of an oversimplification, but um, uh, it's, it's a good way to think about the distribution channels and where you would apply uh, some of these new insure tech integrations. Yeah, I tell you, to that point, Jeff, it's very interesting. A conversation with, with my daughter the other day, and she was trying to go to the website and, and get insurance on something. And she's like, I don't understand why I can't just purchase it right here. Why do I have to call somebody? Why do I have to go in and see them? She, she didn't want to call or talk. She just wanted to purchase it online and be done. Uh, so it, it's a very interesting dynamic um, that the younger generation has as they're coming aboard because they're used to these mobile phones and getting things immediately. And we, we have to adjust to that. Com completely agree. There is uh, one more thing I would, would add that we as um, 
you know, kind of guardians of this industry. Um, we're getting a little long in the tooth too, George. So I don't know, you know, we got to train the next generation. Right? That's so, true. You're right about that. So, well, me, maybe not you, but um, speak for yourself. You know, fair, enough. <laughs> fair enough. And this is my last podcast ever. Thank you. For sure. <laughs> boom, boom. But, um, you know, the, the, the big disconnect, as I see it, is is this self-serve generation, and I have four children, they're part of that, um, is our industry has let them believe through billions of dollars of advertising, right, that all of these products are vanilla, right, that I, it's just all the so same true. thing. And so what we're doing as an industry is letting the consumer pay less and less, but they're also getting less and less coverage, and they don't some of them don't value the, the, you know, the counsel of an advisor or an agent. And so they don't find out till like claims time. And so that's very bad for our industry, right? Cause this industry, like I said, it's fed my family for three generations, given me a life beyond my wildest dreams. Um, so I'm protective of it and, and I believe in it. So that's part of the message we've got to be better about distributing and getting out is you, caveat emptor, right? You get what you pay for. Right. And if the other price is $200 cheaper, there might be a reason. But the consumer just thinks <laughs> it's think, all vanilla, right? True? Yeah, yeah it, it is amazing. And, and, and they don't know what they don't know. So having a trusted advisor is very important to be able to sit down and talk about what you need and what you need to cover and making sure you have the right coverages. Uh, so let's, let's talk a little bit about your agency for a second, Jeff. Uh, it's my understanding that you cut the phone cord in the agency. How is that working for you? Yeah, lo- long time ago. Uh, honestly, back in 2007, we did. Um, and it took, like all things, anytime you introduce change into your organization, you'll have a group of people that are early adopters, some that sit and wait for it to fail because they can say, I told you so. And some that say, well, if it works, then I'm going to join, right? And so um, we cut the cord 2007. <clears throat> the early adopters, of course, did it and moved to headsets or uh, uh, tying it to their cell phones so they could be more mobile. And, you know, 13 years ago, that was a revolutionary thing to do. But then it wasn't until 2009 um, that more adopted it. Uh, we worked our way through the change management piece. And then in 2010, a full decade ago, uh, we haven't had phones on any desk now for, for a decade, wow. right? And so it's just using telephony services that are clearly over almost 15 years old um, and getting people more comfortable with using headsets or for the younger generation in our offices now, they just tie it to their cell phone so they can listen to uh, – a podcast or YouTube or uh, music while they're waiting for the call to come in. And then it just answers the call. So it's worked well for us. And, and that's great. And you, you got into that well before a lot of other people did. So I can imagine what was it like with your staff when you first brought that up? What was the response like? Yeah. Uh, it, right down the lines in those three, right? So I'm like, oh, this is fantastic. This is awesome. Others like, well, when this fails, uh, I'm going to say when I go back. And that, that's just leadership, right? Anything, right? anything that any person listening to this podcast is going to experience as a leader or an agency principal, anytime you introduce change into your organization, it's never going to be 100% validated with greatness, right? Like, oh, let's all do this. Everyone's going to get behind it. You're just going to have some that are going to set and wait to be convinced. And you're going to have others that dig their heels in and cross their arms and wait to say, I told you so. You just have to manage through that. Right. Agreed. Now, what about the remote work? I mean, with COVID-19, the pandemic, uh, how is that transition going for you guys specifically? Pretty pretty straightforward and easy because we 
you know, we were leaning into uh, telecommuting for some time. Uh, we weren't ready for everyone to telecommute, I'll be honest, right? <laughs> I never envisioned that we would be 100% remote. Um, so from an integration standpoint, pretty easy. We just had to add a few more laptops and send some more monitors home so everyone can have two or four monitors, whatever their choice is. Um, that part's been easy. What hasn't been easy is um, because we shut our location down from March 13th till like the end of May, first part of June, you know, we took a pretty significant revenue hit. So that part hasn't been easy, but the actual lifting of the remote work and integrating that, that, that part was pretty straightforward and simple. Okay. So Jeff, that actually brings up the question that I had is that how did COVID impact your marketing and getting new business? And you had just said that you definitely had an impact there. Yeah. And so this is going to shock you. Uh, it might seem a bit fabricated, but we, we track everything because what, what gets measured gets done. But so I can answer with uh, great, <laughs> great certainty. The fact, the numbers that I'm giving you is our revenue and our, uh, our online model was down 92%. 92, right? Wow. Um, and so for specific numbers, in an average uh, March and April, we would average 200 new clients a day, right? 200 applications mm -hmm. a day. That fell to eight applications a day, right? Doesn't take <laughs> a math wow. genius. Even myself, a product of the Kentucky public school system, could figure that math out real quick, right? That <laughs> This is not the way to go. Um, so that that impacted us pretty, pretty negatively. And then our retail, we have four uh, retail locations, that was down 30%. Um, mm -hmm. not, not near as bad. You can weather that. And so um, we, we, we had to go out and raise some capital, uh, add some, some debt to the balance sheet and raise some capital. We're going to make it through it. We're going to be fine. It's just uh, a large part of our business model was dependent upon an app we have and car dealerships, right, in 17 states. And mm -hmm. that was impacted by all of COVID because not as much inventory was Right, and sold. they were closed, I'm right. sure. <laughs> Yeah so, so, yeah, so that's where you took the hit from the online piece. Yeah, and I might, might have been too specific in the personal data, but I'm just, I'm an open book. No, no yeah, secrets, I, right? Yeah, and I think, Jeff, you know, to that point, that's a, that's a great discussion uh, that we could have another podcast on is just the whole dynamic of looking at the data, managing the data, knowing what data to review, because you do a heck of a job with that piece. So we'll keep that uh, around and think about that. I think that would be another good uh, session, <laughs> Charlotte. That we should yeah, I agree. That'd be a great part too. And, and, and jump into that. That'd be awesome. Yeah, that, that would be fantastic because you can't, you can't just wait and say, huh, I don't have as much money as I thought I should have <laughs> and not know where, what the drivers of that were. So Jeff, I'd like to talk a little bit more about how you're modernizing your marketing and customer service. So what types of tools are you using that maybe, some agencies aren't using yet to reach and engage prospects. Yeah, I appreciate that one, uh, Charlotte. I, uh, this is an interesting because it's an, an aha moment or a, uh, a groveling moment. I was very late to adopting text, right? Um, and so <clears throat> but maybe because of my age or because it was another system to stand up and launch. Um, and so we're a little late to it. Um, but now, you know, we send way more texts than we do emails. We actually have three different text lines, right? One for servicing, mm -hmm. one for welcoming new customers, one for our chat bot. And so we, text is nothing revolutionary or new, but 
it's in how we use it, right? So how are we engaging prospects? Well, you know, we, we send them the welcome text after three days. We send them to our free white papers after 20 days, 45 days before renewal, we send them another one. And so it's, it's literally how we're leveraging text. Um, so I don't know if I would call it a newer tool because text has certainly been around, um, but it was proven to me that no one's opening emails anymore, um, but everyone always has their phone and they're opening text. So but like I said, I, I can't take credit for it. Uh, the people in the office kept arguing for it, for it. And I kept uh, saying no, no. And finally I acquiesced and I was amazed at how fast text blew up. And again, like I said, we have three now and it's a full-time set of people that just monitor and manage the text, text flow. Yeah. I, I'll have to say that text and instant messaging is, is definitely my preferred means of communication. Yeah. So definitely, definitely like that. But you're also doing some stuff with um, bots on your website, are you not? Yeah, that's uh, that's uh, blown up, right? So it took us about, um, I think, six months to get to our first thousand users of the uh, InsureBot or Chatbot. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and now we do that in about 20 days. We get a thousand, you know, well, wow. we're fortunate we have a lot of policyholders, but it, it, multiple people policyholders use it all the time and the new visitors to the site use it. And it's nothing super sophisticated. It's just preferentially unique to a client that comes on that says, look, mm-hmm. I just want to know about filing a claim or getting an ID card or making a payment. Um, and so that's there's that user interface with them that that directs them to that page that, again, it's not it's not that futuristic type of code, but it's using um, stuff that's readily available and, and applying it to our workflow now. Now, Jeff, in regards to the the chat bot with content, did you guys build the content or was it pre-built by another vendor? Uh, How did you get the content in there? So it was built. We have, you know, in-house, uh, a, a small in-house group of tech uh, and, and programmers. And uh, so it was, it was built and, uh, and rebuilt and destroyed and rebuilt in-house. <laughs> well, I think that does exactly what you've been talking about is it just speeds up the process for the consumer. So your, your customer experience is just a much more pleasant because they can quickly get pointed to where they need to go. They're not getting frustrated by trying to look for something. Yeah, agreed. So, well, I was reading, you, you have these great PDFs on your site, and I was uh, reading one of them, and you are talking about using Alexa in your agency. And it's interesting because I am just starting to use, I have the Apple assistant that I won't say out loud or she'll talk back to me. Um, then I'm starting to really utilize that more and more, but you've got a very creative way. I think you're using Alexa. Could you explain what you're doing? Yeah, and so just because we have these tech guys sitting around looking for cool stuff, uh, sometimes they're used to kick off our robots, right? We have three robots, uh, like uh, iRobots around the office that come in every night and do, do everything right. We have the robot ward, so you can they've uh, connected them to that. And then uh, in our stand-up calls, when we were in the office, it was just say its name, because uh, there's four around me, so I don't want to say it. <laughs> They're everywhere. Um, and then tell us the, you know, uh, the data, and then we'll use it for searching our competitors who are on it. Alexa, uh, sorry, I'm waiting for her to shut up. Incognito name. Yeah, person, round black uh, little bar on the conference desk everywhere. Um Find uh, insurance uh, in this zip code, and, and it'll tell you those that are that, that are on there. So we use it for some competitor intelligence stuff too. No, oh, that's brilliant. I love that. Interesting. So I know you've also written quite a bit about shifts that you see coming up in the insur- 
insurance industry and perhaps the way policies need to change. Do you want to talk a little bit about that and what agents need to be watching for as we go forward? Yeah, I think if I, uh, you know, if any of us had a crystal ball, we're trying to see what what changes in our industry next. Um, we're often talked about about slow to change, but I think if you look back on all of our careers, change has been the only constant that's presented itself to us year after year, Very you true. know, decade after decade. And so we we don't get the the, the recognition for being a really changed focus industry, but we are. It's always impacting us. And so the crystal ball, you know, if we're looking in for, for the future, is um, it's. On the agency side, it's definitely going to get faster to do quoting and faster to issue and faster for self-servicing because people want that. And so what we have to do um, is, is figure out a way where our advice and our counsel is heated and not just seen as invaluable because they can do it themselves because they don't know. There's thousands of ways to craft just an auto or home insurance policy, right? They have no idea what endorsements are important and what matter. Um, and that's our job. So the, the the future piece is, yeah, let's walk alongside technology. Let's embrace change. But when you need a real expert or someone who's devoted their life to understanding these legal contracts, because that's what you and I do, we sell legal contracts, then, you know, seek us out for that, for that preferential experience. So. Yeah. And I think that's a very valid point, Jeff. We've got to figure out a way to here again, show our knowledge on the trusted advisor side and, and help the client to select the right insurance coverage that they need uh, and not just make it this vanilla thing that you just buy off the internet and for 15% less or whatever it may be. Uh, so I think that's a very valid point. And, and, and people only realize that when it comes claim time and they realize that they didn't have the coverage. Yeah. Those are no, and those are horrible calls, right? After the fact. <laughs> oh, yeah. After the fact, is terrible. So, Jeff, any any final words of advice or encouragement for our listeners as we're here today? Um, any thoughts on your end? Yeah, I, I appreciate that. This is kind of an easy one for me because excluding Charlotte, because she's much younger than us. Um, <laughs> exactly. <there, laughs> you, uh, I mean, we <laughs> much come a much dot, dot, dot. Uh, we, you know, this is an industry that's still full of all things fun, exciting, sexy, and just plain awesome. I say that all the time. And so any words of advice would be for, for anyone that might be listening that is young or newer in the industry or, or trying to to test out the industry to see it's worthwhile or maybe need help or encouragement recruiting some other ones. We need new thinkers. We need young blood. We need young people, right? And look, you can do anything you want to in our industry. If you like law, that's what we do. We sell legal contracts, focus on policies. If you like math, we need actuarials more than you even know, right? I mean, even Elon Musk is looking for an army of actuarials now. If, if you're an extrovert and looking for service, you will make a lot of money in this business. So uh, people really just don't understand, I, I think, you know, the younger generation, how many opportunities there are. If you like investigating things and have a police mind, look, we need fraud people all over the place and underwriters. So it would literally just be to encourage People in our in our in our careers now, where we're at in our in our tenure, right? To encourage you new people to come along, and if you happen to be a younger person listening to this, then this can be an industry that fulfills all your dreams, and that's not an exaggeration. 
That is so fantastic. And I, you know, I had not thought about all of the different areas of insurance and all the opportunities for very different types of people. And I think you expressed that really, really well. It's so true. You can match whatever your gifts are and your interests are in the industry. There's, there's, it's such a huge industry with big, big needs for people that can get passionate about any of those topics. I agree. And now I'm going to steal because you said it so much more eloquently. I'm going to copy what you said. <laughs> so you <see> it. <laughs> Go ahead. We'll let you. It's okay. <laughs> no, well said. Eloquently said. I appreciate that. Yeah, you've, you've helped uh, frame up the way I would say it in the future. So I appreciate that. <laughs> well, that's great. Well, Jeff, this has been a true pleasure having you on our podcast. And uh, you, you've really brought in great insights and great perspectives for us and for our listeners. And I just wanted, before we leave, how can people get in touch with you if they'd like to follow up with you or learn more about what you do? I appreciate that opportunity. It's real simple. It's jeffarnold.com, uh, jeffarnold.com, just like it sounds. All right, great. Well, we'll have that information in the show notes. So once again, thank you so much for your time and your generosity here and your um, honesty about everything that we've talked about. And uh, we hope uh, your business uh, recovers quickly from the, the dip that you had experienced during the pandemic and just continues to thrive going forward. I, I so appreciate the opportunity. Thank you so very much. Jeff, it's great, it's great to talk to you again as well. It's always a pleasure. We look forward to having you back. Thanks for joining us on the Insurance Agency Trendsetters podcast. If you've enjoyed the podcast, please leave a review on iTunes and be sure to click subscribe so you don't miss any upcoming episodes. You can find show notes for each episode at insuranceagencytrendsetters.com as well as links to contact Charlotte and George. We'll see you next time on the podcast.